This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. Yeah, it certainly is. Welcome to a Tuesday night edition of Sports Day. Matt Rogers, Jason Matthews, mm. and our great mate Scotty Sattler popping into the studio uh, tonight. Boys, welcome. Matty, first of all, welcome to Sports Day. Oh, mate, it's uh, it's a, it's, uh, I'm, I'm speechless uh, to see my, my mate sitting beside me. Um, yeah. So, Sats, yeah. Um, you rang me this morning and I, I was blown away when you said, hey, Jace, what do you think? Should I come in, have a chat? And I said, mate, it's up to you. And it takes a lot of courage for you to come in. And uh, given the state you're in and your, your family and, and, and the pain you must be going through after losing your dad yesterday, mate, it's only, it's, it's only what, just been over 24 hours. Um, yeah, mate, I'm surprised to see you. Yeah, I, I, thanks, guys. And uh, I listened to the show this morning, actually. So thanks for your, your tribute. Yes, that was outstanding. Um, sorry if I keep breaking down. <laughs> no, you're right, yeah. mate. You're right. I've got to keep taking deep breaths. But um, oh, I just felt as though that I want to start celebrating him. Yeah. Yeah, for so long now, so many people would would see me in the street and say, how's dad going? And you got to try and explain, oh, he's not that great. You know, he's battling you know, dementia. And and when it, was, when it happened yesterday, I... You know, obviously, there's that that real grieving process which we'll go go through for a while at the moment. Um, but I, I just want to start celebrating how how good of a guy he was. Yeah, you know, everyone talks about his rugby league career, and you know, growing up as a kid, I looked at him as a fan, mm. as we do, Rat. Don't you? Absolutely. You you go to these events and and you see your dad getting stopped by everyone. Yeah. And and my dad and. Your dad was in pubs as well, so very special <laughs> people, the publicans back in the day, and it means they're great with people and they give their time. Mm. Sometimes their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness, which means they give all their time to everyone else. Yeah, their the, wrong, the wrong people. <laughs> yeah. so what about me? So, yeah, I, I used to love watching him just just give everyone his time. And so, yeah, I want to start talking about – everyone knows how great of a rugby league player he was, how great of a leader he was. Yeah, my greatest memories of how he tried to shape me as a as a young man, watching the way that he just was with people. And I always use this this quote that you know they said, "What was it like growing up in pubs with your dad?" And I said, "He he taught me to talk to the bricklayer and the barrister." Yeah. In in the one conversation, so yeah, guys, I'm still going to do a lot of grieving. I've I've never cried so much in my life, but um, I just want to start talking about him as a guy. Yeah, mate, and I mean our dads. I'll, 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 I'll put money on it that your old man could be talking to someone and you could go up to him and go, it'd be like he'd, he'd known him for a year, for years. Mm. You know, when you meet him five minutes ago. Yeah. And that's, that's what they were like back yeah, in the day. Gary you know? Morgan, who you know through yeah. rugby Ratton, who I, you know, we, I knew him through our fathers who played against each other and, and I got to play with Garrick at the crushes and we've remained very good friends. And he texted me today. Sorry to hear about, you know, condolences to your family. What I loved about your father is he made you feel like the most special person in the room. Mm. Wow. Bob McCarthy used to always say, 
he looks like a choir boy, but he played like the devil. Mm. Yeah. And he said, I've, I've in so many time stats that I've been on the field with him. The perfect teammate, really. Per- yeah, I heard you say that yesterday. I, yeah. he, 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 I looked at him the way that he was with his teammates, and and I just you've, I could understand why Clive made him captain in '67, and and why it was such a big gamble. But he saw he was one of the only people that saw something in him. But Bob McCarthy used to always say, you know, he looks like a choir boy, plays like the devil. He said because I'd see him on a Sunday afternoon at Redfern, try and maim people who who were trying to stand over his teammate, and he said. And within half an hour after the game finishing, I, we'd walk out the front of Redfern Oval and he'd be helping some old lady across Chalmers Street to the <laughs> Leagues Club. And he said it was just, you know, just such a contrast to the guy that you saw on the field who, you know, he's famous for, you know, everyone says he broke his jaw in the grand final. He actually, he actually smashed it in three places, you know, and, and every, he's famous for that. But, you know, he was a tremendous rugby league player outside of that, a great team man. But, um, you know, just, yeah, just... Just one of the real good guys, and so many people have, have texted me today and have said, "Yeah, I used to go and see him at the pub, the Stratty Hotel that he had, or the Queen's Hotel, or the Cecil, the Pacific, or the the Runcorn, the Lawton, the Redcliffe Hotel, all these pubs that we ran over the years, and and we lived in those pubs as well. And so many people have reached out and just sort of said, "Yeah, he just he just made me feel so special when I came into the pub. He always knew what I drank, and he treated me like I was the most important person in in the world." So that's, we've had a lot of people reach out uh, to us over the last 24 hours and have wanted us to pass on, uh, you know, their condolences to you. And I told you about a couple today on the phone. And but we had people last night texting us. And even though they copped a wallop from your old man in the pub, particularly running nude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. He, you know, you go, come on, put your clothes back on and just sit over there and shut up. You know, yeah. like everyone said he did it with affection. And everyone's yeah. got a John Sattler story. Yeah, you know, he, he, he did. He touched a lot of people emotionally because he just he wanted to help people. He just always wanted to help people. He did. He did, yeah. And, mm. and as, I, as we just said, Matty, our fathers, their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness. Yeah. And as sons, we know their weaknesses. Yeah. Um, from the outside, people see this, this great person, which they are. But then as a, as a child, sometimes you're craving their attention, but they're, you know, they're so hell-bent on trying to help everyone else because they know that they're there to secure and protect their family. How did you, how did you go with that such as a, as a young boy coming up and like, I mean, John Sattler is just known by everyone as like the toughest human to, you know, lace on a footy boot. So how did you go with it playing as a young kid? Like it, as a kid, I was okay. My mum copped grief yeah. from other junior club parents. Right. Um, and to the point where I used to get physical on the sideline where she'd be attacked. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, she, did she break anyone's jaw? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> she only broke a nail. That's it. But, um, you know, and, and he never, he never entered his, into my football career. He never tried to give me a lot of, you know, a lot of advice. Jared mm. Wallace's dad, Craig Wallace's and I were are very good friends and, and, um, we played, we were the front rowers in the under-19 runaway bay team. We'd gone through the whole season undefeated and we played Blamble Jets in the grand final at Seagull Stadium. Yep. And we were losing at half time. I remember we were walking into the dressing sheds and my dad was waiting outside the dressing sheds, which he never did. Unusual, right? And he said to me, if you lose this grand final, it's because of the two front rowers. It's always about the front rowers. <laughs> and I looked at Wall and Wall looked at me and we went out and played like Arthur Beetson in the second half, both of us, and, and won the game. And yeah. He texted me about that today and, um, you know, I, I never, I actually, you know what, Ray, and I don't know whether you were the same. I never struggled with living in the shadow. I, no, I, I, I didn't. I no. actually, 
I, used, I, I liked it. I used it as a privilege. I reveled it. I and, reveled in it. Yeah. And also, it meant that people were going to watch you far more closely than yeah. anyone else. So it sort of put a bit of pressure on a sense that you just got to be at your best. Yeah. So, you know, the, he always taught me, make sure you got the firmest handshake in the room, which I've tried to push onto my son as well. And yeah, I, you know, I, I just want to start celebrating his life now. Didn't it's you, great. Sorry. It's no, a, you go. It's right. great. Those, those anecdotes that our, our dads teach us, you know, are, I was just, you know, the same, you know, your dad stand up when you shake someone's hand, look them in the eye, firm handshake, all those little things that, you know, we, you know, that we talked about your, your dad's beautiful song, the South, the, the oh. victory song that he sang. You listen to the words of that song. You say, that's, they're, they're, they're the words of a bygone era. They're, they're, yeah. you, they don't sing those songs today. Yeah. And, but they were different men back then. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was with a young man the other day and, you know, some, a, a guy came in, it was an important person he had to meet. He didn't stay in his seat, put his hand up to shake his hand. I'm just sitting there thinking, this, who hasn't taught this kid to stand up and shake someone's hand? Mm. Like, you know, the things that our dad's taught us that you remember and you pass on, yeah. that's, that's, that's the legacy that they leave us, you know, and it's up to us to carry on that mantle. Yeah. yeah. He's left a good legacy, Sax, because you're a good bloke. Um, and you've got a wonderful family as well. I, I love the stories and, and I try to explain some of these last night to Rat. No, I can't do them justice. But, mm-hmm. Oh, I've, but, I've heard, I've heard a lot about this kangaroo, mate. Uh, the the boxing kangaroo. The story. I don't. I can't remember half the stuff you've told me on here and half the stuff you told me <laughs> off here. But, mate, I, I want you know you want to ce- celebrate your dad's life. He, he was a tough man on and off the field, as we know. Can Can you tell us some stories? I, in particular, can we start with the coat of arms? <laughs> can we? I love this story. Yeah. So, um, when. Hamilton Island first started. Keith Williams was a yep. guy that bought Hamilton Island. And, and there was a guy on the Gold Coast, the Beattie family, who had all these kangaroos, emus. They had all this wildlife. And and um, Keith Hamilton bought the wildlife to send them up to Hamilton Island on this boat. And so we used to keep our horses there. My sister was a really good horse rider. And anyway, um, the Beattie said to Dad, hey, can you help us come and transport all these animals into a truck so we can take up to Brisbane to put it on the on the boat? And Dad said, yeah, no worries. So he went out there and they got a few on and then the, the sun started going down and it was getting really dark and there's no light in the back of the truck and and he'd get the kangaroos and sorry to any of the animal activists out there, but, <laughs> but you know, it was a different time. It was. And so Dad would get the kangaroos up to the edge of the, the truck and they'd look in the truck and see how dark it was and they'd, they'd try and push push back but as you know the coat of arms the reason why they're facing each other the emu and the kangaroo is because they don't take a, a backward step so they'd sort of put, and anyway he'd, he'd get them up and he said right i'm going to get up in the truck you get them up and as they get in i'll sort of i'll sort of you know give them a whack around the chop <laughs> and while they're stunned we'll, we'll get them up the back of the truck <laughs> and so he did this to one to two and then all of a sudden he said i you know when you feel like something someone or someone's watching you he said, has anyone got a torch down there? I just don't know how much room we've got up here. And anyway, someone shone a torch up and he said, I was standing there and I was just surrounded by all these big red kangaroos. <laughs> and he said, all of a sudden they just attacked me. And he said, I was swinging and I was throwing rights and lefts and hooks and uppercuts. And he said, I, I reckon I collected a couple of, I reckon a couple of them actually had to step backwards that night. But I remember as a kid hearing hearing all this commotion late at night. And I remember waking up and walking through the house and there was this, there was this blood stain going all up the middle of the house like someone had been stabbed. <laughs> and I walked into the bathroom and Dad just had scratches and chunks of meat out of his whole body where the emus and kangaroos had beaten him up. He said, you know what, I, 
I've played for Australia. I've represented my country. I just got beaten up by the code of arms. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, he's, a few good stories. Yeah, There's been troubles in his pubs and that along the way, and he's yeah, had to sort some stuff living out. Living the pubs was a great life. You know, I'd never give that back. It's as I said, it gave you the chance to talk to the bricklayer and the barrister, and in the one afternoon, and and um, and you know, every Friday night, all these ladies would would always say to me over the years, "Oh." Your dad was always so polite. I'd always go into the pub on a Friday night. He'd always have a red rose there for me. But what they didn't realise is that dad had all the tradies in there on a Friday harvo <laughs> and the wives and girlfriends would come to pick them up. And of course, he didn't want them to leave because he enjoyed their company so much. He wanted the pub to be full. He used to get the, fa- the flower lady to come round at five o'clock every Friday afternoon with a tray full of roses. So... He'd buy them all a rose, which forced them to stay and have one or two more drinks <laughs> yeah, nice. and let their husbands stay. So, um, cost him two bucks, made ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah. But the, you know, living in the pubs are great, and you know, he was a non-drinker. He didn't drink at all, but during his, throughout his career, when he retired in '75, he was 33 years of age, and his first year out of retirement, Carlton United Breweries asked him to go and run a pub in Gladstone. And he had to go and clean up this pub called the Young Australian. Yeah, we had text messages about this last yeah, night. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he went up there as a non-drinker, and wow. and he was still super fit. Yeah. And from 1976 all the way through his last days in the pub, which was only, you know, ten or eleven years ago, there was always someone on a Friday night that would turn up to try and win back the title. <laughs> yeah, they'd, right. They'd have a lot under their belt, and they'd say, "You know what? Where's Sattler? I'm going to go. I'm going to go test him out." So. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, a few of his teammates, the ones that are still around have reached out. Um, Ellen Walters, who was a great hooker, played one comps with South and then went over the Roosters and one comps with Arthur Beetson in 74, 75. He's, he's still around, uh, Orb and uh, his daughter, Kendall, who I get on really well with rang me yesterday and, and he's not traveling too well himself, Orb. And, and she went to tell Orb that, you know, dad had passed away and he said, oh, I've lost my whole front row. No. Mm. Because Lurch O'Neill's gone. And, yeah. Mm. Sats, you used to you used to irk your old man, though, when you were growing up because you, you used to run around the house pretending you are Bobby Mack, weren't you? Bobby McCarthy. <laughs> he used to wear his <laughs> And he jerseys. didn't like that, did he? He used to wear your dad's jerseys? <laughs> mate, I did. You know, you know, I, yeah, oh, mate, I used to wear my dad's uh, 1980s State of Origin jersey to training as like a 14-year-old, not realising what it was. I don't even know where it is now. How about that? Like, I've got a few beauties on the wall, but, yeah, I used to wear them and, you know, Pretend to be him or, you know, one of his teammates. Yeah. He used to hate it. I used to run around and go, <laughs> it goes from Sattler onto Pittard, onto Sims. It's a long pass out to McCarthy and McCarthy, there he goes, McCarthy, the bustling <laughs> second rower. And I'd be like eight or nine years of age. And he'd go, how come you're Bobby McCarthy? You know, I played as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, we've got to tell, we've got to tell, um, wrap this story now, listeners, of course, too. Um, uh, I know your sister's overseas at the moment, Lisa. Is she okay? Is she good? Yeah, she's broken her arm and she can't come back because she's got to get surgery, right. which is killing her. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, when I rang her yesterday, you know, I was in the room when Dad passed away and uh, when he took his last breath and, you know, I walked out of the room and rang my wife back straight away and then I rang my sister who's in Canada seeing her daughter and, um, yeah, she's just distraught. You know, we, we, like anyone would be when mm. you can't be there for whatever yeah. reason. You know? um, so, yeah, she's and, – and then, you know, I rang my mum. And my mum and dad have been separated for about 12 or 13 years, but they're still very good friends. And, 
And um, I've got to say, last night outside of you guys, there's been a lot of people that have put up some great tributes, whether it's social media, um, on the news outlets, and and um, and the guys on NR360 last night, Braith and PK and and Buzz, and also Brent Reed did a did a tremendous testimonial as well. And I just want to thank everyone for all the all the well wishes. Mate, it's, our pleasure. It's been great. There's one more story I want you to tell. Yeah. Remember, he was on Kangaroo Tour. And your sister was born? Yeah, my, my sister was born on December the 27th, 1967. This story and, may offend people too. Yeah, it will. <laughs> and, um, and they went over the week after the grand final. They'd won the comp in 67, his first year as captain. And then they named, they named the kangaroo teams back then on the night of the grand final. And, and they still only did it not so long ago still. And um, they went away the week later. And they were away for four and a half months. So they went October, November, December. And came back in the first week, February. And my sister was born on the 27th. Now, his roommates were Noel, Ned Kelly, and Peter Gallagher. And they used to call their room Boys Town. <laughs> and, and anyway, Dad never drank. So when Lisa was born, about three or four days later, what they call it, not a telegram, but some sort of, some sort of telegram photo mm. arrived. And it was a photo of my sister. Now, my sister was the ugliest baby ever born. <laughs> right. Ever born. Like, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> ugliest baby ever born. And... And anyway, um, I hope she's not listening. Yeah, she, <laughs> she gets sick of me telling the story. But, and anyway, Dad put this photo on his on his bedside table, and there was like three single beds and bedside table in between. And and Noel Ned Kelly came up from having a drink. You know, he loved a beer, and he mm. goes, "What's going on, Sats?" He goes, "Oh, look, Ned, my my wife Barb just gave birth to our first daughter, and the, her name's Lisa. And look at isn't she beautiful?" And Noel Kelly, you know. To try and paint an image, he looked at the photo and he, he put the photo away further, like you know, to get your eyesight right. Then he pulled it closer. <laughs> he said, "That is the ugliest effing kid I've ever seen. It's got a bastard head pig on it, like its father." <laughs> and so Peter Gallagher left the room, and Noel and Dad went toe to toe for about ten minutes in the room. They reckon the room was absolutely total. Oh, so mate. he didn't get to see my sister until the first week of February. By that time, she was uh, she was pretty then. Yeah, right. Mate, we've um, got Jason Demetrio, the head coach of he's, Souths, coming he's a up great next. Great man. Mate, did not hesitate coming on no. tonight, and we'll have a chat to him. We're going to go down the family uh, this week to Arkell Stadium to to watch Souths and Manly, and I've been talking to Souths today, and they've got a commemorative jersey for this weekend, hopefully, which Dad was famous for his grand final jersey in '70, which had half a rabbit ripped off. Yep. So they're going to try. That's and the missing jersey. Yeah, it's still missing, and um, and you know he's asked to be cremated as well. That was part of his funeral plan, and you know, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we can take some of those ashes and and sprinkle them on um, on Redfern Oval and have a memorial there. And um, he was always asked, he always wanted his ashes to be next to his mum and dad's at, in his little hometown of Curry Curry, yep. Western Newcastle, which we'll do that. And um, and I asked South Sydney today, we want to put something on his on his coffin. And Mark Ellison, who's been so good. Mark is the general manager of footy at South, former mm. South legend himself. And he just said, you know, how about the commemorative jersey that we play in this week that our captain and number 13, which was dad's number, Cam Murray, how about we drape that jersey over it? And I just wow. yeah, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't be good enough for the club. Oh, mate, that's, um, that's very regular. moving, Sats. And, yeah, and, and, mate, so well-deserved. And, mate, I'm sure when you have that tribute down at, uh, at Redfern um, to your old man, there will be thousands that will show up to show their respects and um, 
uh, it would be a, a more fitting place to spread some of your dad's ashes. Yeah. To spread some of my dad's on, a, on Endeavour Field. Endeavour uh, Field. <laughs> Endeavour wow. Field. Park. Not Sharp Park, Endeavour Field. Great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you, guys. Really no, appreciate mate. your support. I hope you're okay. And, and thank you, listeners, very much for all your messages. There's a lot of love out there for, for John Sattler, yourself and your family, Sat. Yep. So go well. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, on, and by the way, um, there will be a tribute, a one-hour tribute to John Sattler uh, this Saturday on SCN Queensland stations and on and on uh, SCN 1170 in Sydney. Um, there'll be different times, but it'll be in the lead-up to the South uh, Manly game on Saturday night. You'll hear from Craig Com and Bobby McCarthy. Jason Demetrio, Ron Coote, Nick Pappas, and, of course, Sats himself. Uh, one thing I do want to play to you before we go to a break is we want to chat to Jason Demetrio was Tugger. We had him on last oh, night, Craig Cole. morning. And, he was outstanding. And, yeah. and right. his memories of, of your dad, John. Where does John Sattler fit into the into the South Sydney you know, history and the story? What does, well, he, what does he, he mean to he, South Sydney? He is South Sydney. He means everything. And you know, I, I get goosebumps talking about him because he, he meant so much to all of us. And now he, he was our, our leader, our hero. And the legend, you know, and he, he will never, ever be forgotten. And uh, I was very lucky to grow up through that era. And, um, you know, we never had much as kids in Redfern in them days, but, but we had our footy side. And, um, you know, I, I remember as a kid at, at the SCG, I'd, I'd go on the hill there and you see him, you first see him coming down the members' stairs because South played there quite often. The biggest roar ever would come down when you see Sats leading him down the stairs, the famous stairs of the SCG. And yep. I remember as a, as a kid saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down them stairs like Sats one day. And, hmm. you know, he, he inspired us. You know, to chase our dreams and, um, you know, it's just, um, mate, you know, he's supposed to live forever. You know, heroes yeah. live, live on forever. And uh, that's what we always thought such would. And, um, yeah, I'm just so, so, so sad. There you go. Well, God need another front row up there to <laughs> for uh, for Lurch and, and Arthur Beetson and, yep. and Chuck Raper at Locked. And so he's got another one up there for his bench. You betcha. Yeah. We love you, mate. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right, this is Sports Day. Back in a moment with Jason Demetrio, head coach of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon.